Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Okay. Thank you for joining us on this special edition of the Good Fight Radio Show. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? I'm wonderfully blessed and excited about this show. Yes, and and we say that uh, with actually as much honesty as possible. We are really, really excited about this show because we have a special, special guest today on the Good Fight Radio Show. Dr. Robert Piccarilli. He taught New Testament and philosophy for 49 years at Welch College and is the author of numerous books and journal articles regarding biblical studies and theology. He's the author of Grace, Faith, Free Will, and Free Will Revisited, as well as a number of books. Commentary on Romans, <laughs> a lot of things, yeah. And we are more than excited to welcome Dr. Robert Piccarilli. Thank you so very much. I appreciate greatly the opportunity to be with you on your program. Well, praise God. Well, praise the Lord. And and I'm excited because Joe actually gave me a copy of Grace, Faith, Free Will and told me this book is pretty awesome and that it has, I, I think you said it's one of the best books on the subject you told oh, me. Oh, yeah. I've read, I've got <laughs> probably along with you, Dr. Prickerly, a ton of books on uh, the subject of safe, you know, sociology. And I mean, whole shelves of the Calvinistic viewpoint and the Arminian viewpoint and everything in between on both sides. And I've uh, told people, you know, Robert Shank's books that came out years ago and so forth, a lot of different books I, that really I felt were a blessing. But I've, I've shared with people that, that this particular book, Grace, Faith, and Free Will, is by far one of the best books you could read on the subject because I just love the way you laid it out. I, you, you write very clearly. Uh, you give their viewpoints uh, within each section quoting them so you can't be accused of misunderstanding Calvinism. And then you just have great scriptural uh, rebuttals, and, and it just it's a blessing. So I've actually passed out a number of these books to different people through the years. Yes, and for, for our viewers who are here, you can actually see the older uh, version. The more colorful uh, version. More That's co- what I gave Chad. <laughs> uh, you gave and us. I gave you a clean copy, too. And you did too. give me another right. new one. And I just handed one down in, in Mexico as well when we just visited uh, a missionary there. So excited to talk about this. And I want to ferret out some, so maybe so just some quotes, some throw, throw well, them out. Well, and his other book we're now talking oh, yeah. about. And we're also going to be talking about Free Will Revisited. A newer book, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. much newer book by Dr. Piccarelli. So we're excited about this, and we want to dig right into it. So I, I read this quote, and I told Joe, I said, I just want to read this quote, and I want you, Dr. Piccarelli, to kind of ferret it out for us. Explain to us what you mean by this statement. You say in page 53 of Grace, Faith, Free Will that God has condition, unconditionally decreed conditional election, electing people as believers. How, how do you make sense of that to us, uh, Dr. Piccarelli? Well, I think my reason for saying that is because a lot of time our Calvinistic brothers uh, are fearful that um, we are allowing uh, human beings to uh, condition what God does, which to them would have uh, the threat of taking away God's freedom, I suppose. So I just felt like it was 
important to say that that um, everything God decides to do in eternity or in time, for that matter, um, He decides it without um, it being conditioned by us. Uh, his decisions are unconditional decisions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that He decides to. Um, rule us or govern us or deal with us without any conditions on our part that he uh, imposes on us. So he is acting unconditionally to decide to make salvation a conditional gift of grace to human beings, depending on whether we meet the condition that he has unconditionally established, that is, the condition of faith, not of works. Uh, so that's my reason for saying that. I can, uh, I can add further on that if you think it'd be helpful, but that's, that's the point that I was trying to make by that statement. No, that was, that was a great explanation, and, and uh, we wholeheartedly believe that. Maybe you could get into uh, the, the denomination you've been with for many years, the Free Will Baptist. Uh, maybe you can share with uh, our audience what you know, it's, instead of going through all the beliefs of the free will Baptist and so forth, and we're non-denominational, but we appreciate the uh, the distinctives in the denomination that, that you belong to and you've taught in, what is it that you appreciate regarding your distinctives that you feel are needed to be highlighted, especially in times when there's in times where there's such confusion regarding who God is, what his nature is like, and what his will is? Um well, the last few words of what you said I didn't quite catch, but uh, I think I got the gist of the question. Um, uh, well, I don't want to uh, I don't want to promote uh, my denomination on your program, but um, Free Will Baptists are a very old Baptist denomination dating back to the uh, uh, early 1700s in uh, this in the state of North Carolina um, coming over from England in England the very first Baptist churches were begun oh in the early 1600s early 17th century and um, there were from almost from the very start uh, two different kinds some called general Baptists and others called particular Baptists. Um, and the general Baptists were called that because they believed in a general atonement. That is that the atonement Christ made on the cross was made for all people, a universal or general. That is for all mankind in general, including everyone. Whereas the particular Baptists believed that the atonement was made specifically for those whom God had already chosen uh, without condition uh, to uh, be his people. That is, he had already elected them unconditionally. Um, and um, both of those kinds of Baptists made their way to the uh, east coast of our country in uh, the days of colonization from England. And... Um, our free will Baptists are the direct descendants of those general Baptists coming over from England. 
The thing that I guess I appreciate about free will Baptists, uh, although of course that's what I have been all my um, all my adult life, all my Christian life. Um, the thing that I appreciate is a, a sound commitment to the Scripture as the inerrant, inspired Word of God, uh, so that um, as Baptists we we have the freedom to interpret the Scriptures as we believe they should be interpreted, uh, and yet we have that uh, that pre-commitment to the Bible as the Word of God. Uh, Free will Baptists are uh, more Arminian than Calvinistic, uh, but the problem with the word Arminian is that um, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people mm-hmm. because there are many varieties of Arminianism. We we really believe that our ways of uh, dealing with the the, the theology of salvation, which we sometimes call soteriology, we believe that our ways of dealing with that are very true to what Arminius himself proposed uh, in the um, days following the uh, Reformation in Europe. Arminius was a, a um, Dutch theologian, and... Um, very early in the Reformation period, and uh, very sound in his faith. And uh, some Arminians since that time have uh, have strayed somewhat from the sound biblical theology of Arminius, but we believe we have uh, maintained that. And at the same time, uh, even though Arminius himself was not a Baptist by any means, we have been a part of the Baptist tradition since those earliest days, and so we are perhaps a little bit unique, I don't know, but anyway, we are committed and historically and traditionally Baptistic, but at the same time, we are also Arminian in our theology. Uh, I'll leave it at that now, but I'll be glad for you to ask any further questions to expand on any of that that you'd like. You know, I think that was excellent for a lot of people to hear. And, and just to get a little bit more of the background there and the history, because I think that is it is a beautiful history. And one of the things you mentioned specifically is the devotion to the biblical text, using exegesis, not eisegesis. And one of my favorite things when reading Grace, Faith, Free Will was the fact that you deal a lot with the important text when it comes to, as you mentioned, the doctrine of salvation or soteriology, and you deal with it very extensively. I'm sure you would love to exhaust it much further, as you mentioned multiple times, but I'd love to maybe examine some of the texts that you examine in those books, specifically uh, Grace, Faith, Free Will. And I know you've already written, you've also written commentaries as well on the subject, but I thought in your examination of Ephesians 1, the idea of Christocentricity and making Jesus the center of election 
is paramount to the text. But I'd love to, and and for, for our listeners, many of you guys have been listening for a long time. You've heard of us touch on Ephesians 1 and Romans 9, which we'll hopefully get into with Dr. Piccarilli here. But I'd love for you to maybe just talk a little bit about this the Christocentricity of election concerning text in Ephesians 1 that may be hard for some to understand. Well, uh, thank you, and I appreciate what you said. And um, I hate to take too much of the time because I know the broadcast is limited, but um, I would at least like to share a testimony along that line. Oh, please do. Uh, When I went to graduate school at Bob Jones University many years ago, I was very much intent on pursuing a doctoral program in the field of theology. I got through the master's level in theology, but at that point, the university decided to discontinue offering the uh, Ph.D. program in theology. Uh, So I had to switch programs. They had an excellent program in uh, New Testament exegesis, that is, in the text of the New Testament. And so that's what I switched to. Well, ever since that time, I have felt like it was providential that Mm. God himself orchestrated that for me so that my focus would be on the biblical text rather than than on speculative or uh, systematic theology. You may notice that um, in the book, Grace, Faith, Free Will, the last chapter in every section is a chapter in biblical exegesis. To me, those chapters in each section are the most important chapters. I feel... Uh, more confidence in them even than I do in the systematic <laughs> theology approach. Yeah, that's uh, Jesus. Amen. Uh, because, because what I believe in is what the Bible has to say to us, and I believe in careful exegesis of the biblical text. Well, anyway, as far as the, the Christ-centered aspect of God's election of people, that's something that Arminius himself uh, emphasized very greatly, and he He took to task some of the theologians of his day who he thought um, did not make God's election of sinners to be his own people a Christ-centered kind of thing. Uh, But Ephesians makes it very clear that um, uh, what we are, what we have, that which God has elected us to, is being in Christ by faith. And when we are in Christ by faith, then he has chosen us to all of these blessings which the text of Ephesians chapter 1 says he has predestinated us to. Uh, In Ephesians 1, predestination is not so much a matter of predestinating some to be saved and others not to be saved. It's a matter of predestinating what will be the the salvation blessings of those who are saved in Christ. And so the point that uh, we emphasize in our, in our Free Will Baptist Arminian theology is that uh, we are saved by virtue of being in a saving union with Jesus Christ by faith, and therefore every blessing, every spiritual blessing, every salvation blessing we have comes to us as a result of being in Christ, and that's what our election is to. So that's 
that's uh, the way I would answer that question. Yeah, very good, uh, brother. Uh, another question along these lines, you, you deal with this a bit in Grace, Faith, Free Will, also in uh, Free Will Revisited. Uh, you also use this terminology, which I really appreciate. Uh, Dr. Fourlines, your colleague, uh, uses similar terminology, and I've used it as well. But I think the first time I'd seen this language used and I adopted it was in one of your books. And I really appreciated it because, uh, and it's basically, the you know, the can you explain to our audience the difference between the ter- deterministic theological construct with regard to soteriology regarding cause and effect in Calvinism versus uh, influence and response and how influence and response fits the biblical theological paradigm much better because we're dealing with a God who is relational and deals with us as free moral agents who are responsible. Well, yes. Um, I would would want to credit the idea of influence and response, that particular expression. I'd want to credit that to my colleague and and friend, Leroy Fourlines, for developing it. But it's one that um, both of us uh, emphasize a great deal. It seems to to us, to me, that um, Calvinists view the work of soteriology, God saving us, that they view it more in the light of um, cause and effect, with God being the cause and salvation being the effect that he works in us. Well, there is a certain amount of truth in that, of course, but um, the, the danger is that it, it can be taken to be a mechanical, a machine-like kind of thing. We all know how the laws of nature uh, operate in a cause-effect relationship so that there is, no, there is no choosing going on. There's no freedom being exercised in things. If you step off the Empire State Building, uh, the laws of nature are going to uh, cause you, by gravity, to fall to your death. That's a cause-effect relationship. Uh, We just don't believe that's the best way to express the way God works salvation for us uh, in terms of human nature being in in his image and having the freedom that we have to choose. Uh, We believe that persons, and God is a person and we're persons, persons relate to one another on an influence and response basis. There is persuasion, there is acceptance or rejection with either of those possibilities being available. So that's the reason we stress that expression of influence and response. I Very think, good. I think that's really excellent. And and I, I hope, you know, one of the things that I love about your writings, Dr. Piccarelli, not only in Grace, Faith, Free Will, but also in Free Will Revisited, is the fact that you do explain these things in a manner in which that simply the layman can understand. It's not over anyone's head. We're, we're sitting there reading and we're understanding and those things that are complex, you do a great job of, of breaking down. And I wanted to say I was just really blessed by that, especially with your background, not only being in exegeting text and 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 caring a lot about what the text actually says, but even having a philosophical background 
because some of these things can be quite heady for a lot of people where they go, oh man, this is all going over my head. But I think you do a great job in both of these books. And I just want to encourage our listeners, if you wanted to get a book on these subjects and you hear us all the time talking about these subjects, at least one show a week has to do with sociology probably at some point. These are great books for you guys to really to grab a hold on. And I Amen. Wanted, Absolutely. I really wanted to encourage you in that because I think it's great. And before I get to the next text that we're hoping to get you well, to examine. Before, oh, you yeah, move, yeah. before you move on, let me just at least comment about that with a little bit of humor involved. Um, I've had other people tell me that I can uh, explain things so they can understand it. My response always is this. I have to be able to explain it to others because that's what I have to be able to do in order to understand it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen, to, uh, that's funny. amen to that. And and I want I wanted to also mention this. I know it's it's very interesting because you had shared your own testimony. I guess I could uh, give a little bit of, of mine. I actually I came to the Lord after a, a wrestling partner of mine uh, from high school had shared some, a video that Pastor Joe had made. But before that happened. The person that brought him to the Lord was actually at Master's College here, Master's Seminary here in uh, Southern California, and he was getting bombarded with Calvinism, and he was like, what is this? And he was looking for a pastor to talk to about it, and he ended up here at our church, Blessed Hope Chapel, with Pastor Joe Schimmel, who taught him through these texts, specifically the one I'm going to be asking you about. So I will get to that, but it was through that, him actually coming to a place of real salvation where he came to know the Lord, where he did not before actually looking in and examining. He just happened to be good at baseball, so he was at the university playing baseball. And that is how he came to faith, bringing my now brother-in-law to faith, and then myself coming to know Christ through this ministry, Good Fight Ministries and Blessed Hope Chapel. But it was specifically this text that I, I think you do a great job in Grace, Faith, Free Will of examining in depth Romans, the ninth chapter, because I believe that many a Calvinist will tell you that it is the the anvil that breaketh many Arminian hammers, but it seems <laughs> to have cracked here in grace, faith, free will. And I'd love for, for you, and, and don't worry about time, how long as you want to go, please explain and maybe ferret out for us Romans, the ninth chapter, and whether or not this teaches unconditional election. Well, okay, I appreciate the opportunity to do that, and uh, I welcome, by the way, that testimony you just gave. Um, okay, everybody will agree that Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 are a particular unit in the book of Romans where Paul is dealing with, um, with um, the Jewish members of the congregation of the church at Rome, and of course other Jews as well, and with objections they might raise to the way he was preaching the gospel. Um, and uh, in the ninth chapter in particular, Paul has some things to say that our, our Calvinist friends put a great deal of stock in, as well they should, uh, since it's the inspired word of God. But anyway, one of the things Paul says there is that um, in verse 15, uh, he quotes what the Lord said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it's of God that showeth mercy. And so 
uh, it's very easy to take those words if you stop right there <laughs> and don't read on through the rest of the section uh, to mean that God is arbitrary in his choice of who is saved and who is not. He shows mercy to whoever he wants to show mercy, and he withholds mercy from whoever he wants to withhold mercy. And all of us would have to agree that God does that. The point, of course, is that it doesn't say who he wants to show mercy to or who he wants to show wrath to, as the passage goes on to deal with wrath. So you have to read the whole section. Paul isn't finished with his discussion when he gets to that verse. He's just getting it started good. And so... uh, What we need to do is ask ourselves a question. Who is it, then, that Paul goes on to make clear God wants to show mercy to? And who is it that he will show wrath to? And the passage goes on to answer that very question uh, in uh, dealing with, again, with the Jewish situation. So as he goes on in chapter 9, he winds up saying, uh, that uh, God wants to show, or in these words, in, in a, a way of saying, he's saying God wants to show mercy to those who will accept the righteousness that is by faith rather than the righteousness that is by works. Um, and he goes on in chapter 9 uh, to say that. Um, what shall we say then? This is verse 30. That the Gentiles who did not follow after righteousness have attained a righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, on the other hand, which followed the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why have they not done so? Because they sought it not by faith. And then he goes on in chapter 10 to continue making the same point. In verse 3, they, that is the Israelites, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. So the point is that, uh, yes, God is a sovereign God. Uh, He makes all his decisions, as I said earlier, unconditionally. Uh, He decides to save whom he wants to save and to bring wrath, eternal wrath, on those whom he wants to bring eternal wrath on, although he doesn't desire that any be lost, actually, as we learn from other passages of Scripture. But meanwhile, the point here in Romans is that he wants to say, he wills to show mercy to those who seek the righteousness of Christ that is theirs, it can be obtained by faith. And he will, he wills to show wrath to those who reject the righteousness that is offered them in Christ by faith. So there is uh, then an answer to the question, who is it that he wills to show mercy? It's those who submit to the righteousness of faith, to use the words that are used in the passage. And he goes on throughout the whole three chapters. We won't take time to do an exegesis of all three chapters, but he goes on to say then, uh, like over in chapter 11, um, that um, what what then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeketh for. 
but the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded, as it is written, and so on. And it goes on to say that um, they have been uh, cut off while the Gentiles who seek it by faith have been grafted in. And why is it, he asks, why is it that they have been cut off? Because they did not seek it by faith. And so um, it's, it's not a matter of, of God willing to show mercy and thus being completely arbitrary in it and having no reason for showing mercy to some and withholding mercy to others. It's a matter that in his sovereignty, God chose mercy he decided unconditionally to make faith the condition by which he would uh, choose to save some and not others. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062, or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.